friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Brie Abulev. She's a stay-at-home mom of two littles, and she's also the founder of an online shop called Hope Carried. Hope Carried produces high-quality baby-wearing products like ring slings and wraps, but they also provide employment for women refugees who face barriers to employment, which I just absolutely love. So I'm so excited to chat with you today, Brie. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I have always loved your podcast, so I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So Brie, I'd love first off for you to just tell me and everyone listening, how did you get started with Hope Carried? What gave you the idea to start a shop around baby wearing types of products? Yeah. So actually it it came by surprise to even myself. I After the birth of my second daughter, Josephine, I had some of the buckle type carriers and I didn't really love them. I I didn't like a lot of things about them. I didn't think they were very comfortable and I didn't think they were very flattering. And I wanted the ring sling type carrier, but at the time I was a stay-at-home mom and my husband is a social worker and he worked at a very small nonprofit and there wasn't a lot of wiggle room in the budget. So I said, I have this old sewing machine. I'm going to see what I can do. So I just... I made one and I kind of fell in love and I was obsessed with making them and I would make myself different patterns and different colors and and I but I also was just really focused on trying to get it to be just absolutely perfect. Like I wanted there to be no digging points and no pressure points and I wanted it to be super easy to use and I wanted to be able to wear Joe, my daughter, for hours and to be able to nurse in in it and not have to put her down or do any of that. So that's what I did. And like, I would just post the pictures on Facebook, you know, just bragging about my, my ring slings and people started asking to buy them. So I would sell them to friends and family. And one day my husband was going through the local kind of coffee drive through. And one of the ladies said, Hey, you're the your wife is the one that makes those ring slings. And he was like, the what? You know? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, can I buy one? And I, and he was like, Brie, this is crazy. Like maybe, and I was kind of like, maybe I should do something with this. And we had the tiniest little apartment with the four of us and I had no room. So I would have to stash everything away and like get it all out at night or when they were napping. And I would swear by the time I would get it all out, they would wake up. But, you know, I started a little Etsy shop that way. And basically at first I just sold them kind of for what it cost me to make them. But it quickly kind of grew from there. um, And I was pretty overwhelmed with the response and, you know, marrying a social worker and loving that passion for community and helping. I knew if I ever had a business, I would want to do something, but I never really actually saw myself as a business person. So I I was one day listening to NPR and they were talking about a woman who was in Detroit at this nonprofit called Freedom House. 
because she was a, a human rights activist in Afghanistan, that she had left behind her five children. The youngest was only a few months old because of the threats to her family. And she was here and she had been here for two years. And she, even though she led this large organization in Afghanistan here in the United States, she would be lucky to find work as a seamstress. And I thought, I'm going to hire her. So I called the organization and I met them, you know, met them and offered her a job. And luckily for her, a lot of people listened to that. She ended up going to Washington, D.C. and getting a really good job working in a human human rights activist type setting again. So that was really amazing. But one of the gentlemen that worked there said, my wife sews. They had come here from Africa and been and had been here for about 10 years and his wife had ran a seamstress shop in Africa and loved sewing and loved providing things for babies. So I ended up hiring her instead and she still works with us today. Oh, okay. That's so cool. So how many years ago was that that you, you know, got the shop online and then how soon after did you hire that first employee? Yeah. So I would say I, my daughter's a little over three, so I probably made my first one right around this time three years ago, but it wasn't until maybe six months later that I did the Etsy shop, and then again, like another maybe six to nine months later before I hired my first seamstress. So it'd probably be about two years ago or less that I hired my first seamstress. Okay. And how many team members do you have now for Hope Carried? So it varies a lot. We have really busy seasons and then we have some slower seasons. And so typically somewhere between four and six. And I've recently, since actually listening to your last, or maybe it was three podcasts ago about hiring virtual assistants, I've hired my first, what am I calling her? Operations manager. So, Hooray! so she's a, she's a, a stay-at-home mom that's able to, you know, work from home and, and here. She's local. So so we work together sometimes and we work apart sometimes. So so now I have six moms working for me total. That's wonderful. So I'm so curious, Bree. I know you kind of found that first seamstress through referral, a contact. How have you gone about hiring the other women who faced barriers to employment? Like do you what does your hiring process look like? So when that happened, there were some barriers to even hiring people because the Freedom House works with asylum seekers, and asylum seekers aren't allowed to work. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a great referral source for me because you know they legally weren't weren't allowed to work. But I l- looked around my local community and reached out to other businesses, and I reached out to I think I had actually heard her on your podcast, but Rebecca Smith from Better Life Bags has a similar concept, and she hires from her local community, and I just kind of reached out to her and said, like, do you have people that I could hire? Do you have people that you can't hire that you could refer to me? And she just encouraged me to look in my community. So I did, and I found a nonprofit called Jewish Family Services, and they work a lot with all populations, all demographics, it's not just refugees, it's not just women, it could be women who face all types of different barriers to employment. My my specific passion is moms who face barriers to employment because I think that that creates an even bigger challenge, the fact that you're supporting and feeding and just that stress that goes along with that and then wanting to break cycles of poverty for families. That's a, that's a big passion of mine and wanting, so wanting to contribute to that. So Jewish Family Services, we we just have open houses. They just put out information. So they have case managers that are 
they're tasked with helping their clients find employment. And so they put it out to their case managers that, you know, Bree's having a little open house and I just show up and the first open house, they took over three rooms and they were flooding the outside too. It was, it was overwhelming. The families had walked there, taken two and three buses. They had their kids there. It was really moving and just a powerful experience. And obviously I wasn't able to hire nearly as many as I would have liked to, but it starts that way. I meet them there and then they come and we do a training session using Google Translate. Usually sometimes they provide translators, but a lot of times it's just Google Translate and pointing and I'm able to demonstrate to them how to make our ring slings and our baby wraps and and soon to be released our all-in-one life dress. So it kind of just starts that way. And then we've been able to move to allowing them to work from home. So initially they would work in my basement and that presented a lot of challenges logistically and just it just was hard. So Jewish Family Services had agreed to provide sewing machines to anybody that I hired. So which is awesome because then not only can they make our products, but they can make clothing for their children. They can make curtains for their windows. You know, they can do all types of things and it provides them with it's just a it's a gift that keeps on giving to them. Yeah, that's amazing. I I just am so excited for the type of business that you're growing, Brie, and the way that you're helping women to be able to, like you said, now they are able to work at home. They have their own sewing machine. They're honing a skill that they can use in other parts of their life or, you know, for maybe even another side job, for example, if they're a part-time with you or things like that. So that's that's really incredible. Absolutely. And I... I recommend these women so thoroughly that a lot of other shops have reached out and I'm, I love to share the love. I, I'm not, they're not just my, you know, my seamstresses. So some of them have been contacted from other shops that I've referred them to. And so they're able to contribute even more. So if I'm not able to give them full time, you know, as much as they need, they're able to make things for other people as well. Right. So I would love to hear more about the logistics <laughs> because even though I, I I don't know, maybe I'm just a nerd, maybe other people aren't aren't interested, but you know, so you've got multiple seamstresses, they're working from their homes. How, like how does this process work of like they've got their materials and then where do you ship all of your orders from? Where do you keep the finished products and are you still working out of your home? I I'd, I'd love to hear more about all of that. So yes, so I actually do still work from my home. So and a lot of our work is done in still in my unfinished basement. Luckily, we were able to move out of that tiny apartment about two years ago with the help of Hope Carried. So that was kind of amazing. And Mm. the house that we live in now has a really large unfinished basement. So my mom helped me build. She actually designed a cutting table for me. So we have like a pulley system and like a cutting table that has different tracks for the different you know, cuts and dimensions of fabric. So that is like such a lifesaver. So, you know, the fabric gets shipped to my house and I take it down there and sometimes I cut it and sometimes one of my helpers cuts it. And then what happens is the seamstresses come and pick up. So I'll give them however much, you know, fabric and it's pre-cut and we send it with them with everything they need, the, the rings and the thread and the labels and all that. And then they bring it back finished and we you know we check it and everything's stored in my basement currently and everything is shipped from my basement as well so everything's pretty much done locally from 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 my basement 
Gotcha. And was it tricky to find the right sources for your materials, like the rings and the fabrics, or was that a relatively easy process? You know, it is tricky. It was tricky, and it still is sometimes tricky because the rings were easy. There's a few certified baby ring sling well you know I think they're like called non-welded rings and those were pretty easy to find what's tougher is to find consistent suppliers of fabric that have the consistent quality because there have been times where I've ordered a big shipment and had previously ordered a shipment and loved it and then got the secondary shipment and thought this doesn't feel the same this can't be the same blend and having to send it back and then not having a supplier. And a lot of times those are the most popular colors. So then you're sold out of your top sellers because you can't supply that fabric anymore. And so you're, you kind of cut off that income revenue stream because I mean, typically the colors, when they vary even a little bit, you can't, it's not like they're interchangeable, you know, you can't just switch them. So that's happened a few times, especially with the baby wraps. That fabric is a lensing modal, which is harder to find in the United States, a lot harder to find like pure. It's hard to, I I feel like a lot of, of the fabric suppliers say that it's lensing modal or micro modal, and then you get it and you're like, this is not, this doesn't feel right. And so again, you're shipping it back and a lot of times you're eating those costs. So that's always, that's still a real challenge for me. The linen for the ring slings is a bit easier, but the pricing is harder because again, I'm not big enough to be able to buy in wholesale amounts, like bulk wholesale amounts, where I get to dictate the fabric blends and the fabric colors. So I'm kind of at the whim of the market as far as what's available. And then sometimes if they sell out again, I'm still waiting. It'd be my goal to be able to purchase in those larger amounts. But with the trends that change, you know, you I don't want to tie myself down to 500 yards of a color. And typical wholesale orders are you know, 500, a thousand yards. So that's a lot for, especially for our kind of fast moving fashion trends where, you know, people want like the newer colors each season. That's true. That's a good point. I think you're being very smart in your decision making because I could see a lot of gung-ho new business owners saying, oh, well, if I buy in this bulk, then I'm getting this great deal. But like you said, they're not having that long-term vision to say, okay, but is this really going to be the popular color a year from now or two years from now or, you know, whatever the case is. And you're able to, you know, I've noticed too with your shop, you have quite a nice variety of different colors. And I'm sure that you couldn't do that if you were always buying the huge you know quantities it's you your all of your cash would be tied down in that large amount of inventory absolutely I would have one and my margins would be amazing but I would just have the (laughs) one color so once somebody had bought that there's not even anything to cross sell them you know so (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah definitely okay and I'm so curious that because I've not had to deal with this I mean I use a, a big manufacturer for my planners what so how does that work when you the fabric comes and you're like this is not the quality or the thing that I thought I was ordering and you send it back how do you so are you getting some of your money back how do you even deal with that situation that it's so hard because a lot of times I don't get my money back and I never get my money back for shipping and well I shouldn't say never it's 
it's rare. Unless there's a defect, typically I don't get my money back for shipping. So yeah, a lot of times I'll order samples a lot. You know, obviously that's like the safer bet. But even sometimes it's it's a color that I've already bought and sold and loved and am selling out of and then it comes and it's completely different. So yeah, a lot of times I just eat I have to eat that cost, which is painful. Yeah, that is painful. Oh, and that's it's just a bummer when the manufacturers are not, you know, holding up their end of the deal. But I love how you don't let that stop you. <laughs> I mean, I just, I think a, there's a lot of people out there that would let those kinds of unknowns or those setbacks kind of discourage them from keeping going. But you just keep plugging along and you have a great shop. Thank you. I think I really credit the, my continued passion for the families that I'm able to like engage with and work with and I see how it impacts them and sometimes I do want to quit sometimes I'm like this is so hard why did I choose to create a business that is when I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom it wasn't like I was like I always want to be a business owner and it's my passion to be an entrepreneur no I was I quit a job that I loved because I wanted to stay home and spend more time and spend all my time with my kids. And then I, you know, birthed a third (laughs) child as I had like an infant. So sometimes I think to myself, like, why did I do this? But I woke up a passion that I wasn't, didn't even know was there. And I really do love Hope Carried. I love everyone that works for me. I love what we're doing. And more than anything, I, I like love that we get to touch families all over the world, whether it's from the products that they're using and they're cuddling their babies in and like the relief that that provides or the families that we're able to hire and I get to know them, you know, they're in my home, I'm in their home, they feed me, I feed them. Like in the beginning, I used to watch my first seamstress's kids while she sewed in my house. So like I have these, you know, bonds with these families that if I were to just say, this is really hard, this isn't working for me anymore, and quit (laughs) and like close up shops, I would think, gosh, Brie, that's so weak. And like, they have, they have, you know, overcome so much to be where they're at, that it, it drives me and motivates me to always like get back up on my feet and be resilient but it's Mm -hmm. always easy like I sometimes want to cry and have pity parties about it but (laughs) um. yeah I totally get that too I've definitely had those moments where I'm like I think my life would just be a lot easier if I just (laughs) this and you know just you could read at nap time or like (laughs) nap at nap time read for fun yeah exactly yeah but instead you're motivating women worldwide to live out their passions yeah, it's that that mission. I, I feel like, gosh, it's uh, it's hard to keep growing a business unless you truly have a passion for what you're doing. You have a mission that's greater than yourself. And I know for me even, like I love helping women and I'm so passionate about that. But I'm also, I also have dreams of helping to build orphanages in India and, you know, do other way bigger things and yeah so that keeps me going because yeah like you said it's it's just bigger than us yes. <laughs> you know yeah. so uh brie since you're creating a baby wearing product or just a baby product in general i'm so curious do you have are there additional safety checks or things that your products have to go through that maybe like obviously a planner does not have to go through <laughs> any particular safety check Right. Yes, actually. Yes. So our ring slings, they have to go through 
I'm going to forget the, all the letters, but like the CPSCIA or something like that okay. and the ASTM. But yes, basically they have to be tested for our weight limits, like suffocation hazards, flammability for like small parts as well as just the structural integrity so it's like it's like you know the sling will be put through a weight test a thousand times of of having 35 pounds like pushed on it or something like I think that's how it it happens make sure the threads don't break and all these things so yes and then like I said like the flammability and lead and all types of things as well as like we have to have a recall registration system in place and like a system to obtain all of those responses and you know special labeling yeah so there's a lot that goes into baby wearing safety and you have to be certified okay so how can you tell us and maybe this might not be quickly (laughs) it sounds like a process but you know how do you start that process if there's a mom out there who wants to get into some sort of a baby product how how would you get started to get your product certified yeah. So don't do what I did. And, and what I, what I did was freak out and be overwhelmed and it <laughs> caused me to delay a lot longer than I, I needed to. So just take a deep breath, get involved in whatever governing body organization relates to your business. So if it's baby wearing, there's baby wearing compliance, Facebook pages and, and support groups. And there's also for my, from baby wearing, there's the baby carrier industry Alliance and they have resources and help about, you know, the process and they offer like testing site or testing companies that they recommend. And, and so that that's, that's helpful. And it gives you a place to start and there's guidelines. And I would suggest like just printing out whatever those guidelines are and and keeping that copy so you can check it off. Don't do it from the internet because that gets really confusing and just create a good system about about it and and possibly bring someone else in to read over it with you like your mom or your sister or your best friend because I think it can just seem really overwhelming. It's a lot of like legal talk and legal terms and when you read that you think like this is so scary. I don't even know what this means. What am I supposed to do? But if someone else reads it that's not whose, you know, paycheck isn't dependent on your certification or whose business isn't dependent upon it, it, it takes away a lot of that anxiety and, and just take it step by step and, and like create an order. That's what I did. I just kind of read what I needed to do and then prioritize which tasks had to be done first and second and third. And, and by the time I got done, I was like, Oh wait, I'm, I'm certified now. That was not as hard as it seemed. That is great advice. And hey, I mean, every project, right, whether it's big or small, it's all just one step at a time. (laughs) So yeah, I love that. Just like get organized, write down the steps you got to take, and there you go. And that's really cool that there are companies out there that can do, so you can essentially send your slings off, I'm guessing, to go get the testing. Yes. Yep. And you just send them off and they generate a report and it's a whole lot less scary than it seemed. And they're, they're very friendly. I I was like super intimidated to call and like ask questions. Like they're going to know that I don't know anything and I (laughs) am not a business owner. I don't have a business background. Why they're, they're going to think that I'm a fraud is what I kept thinking. And then I called and they were really sweet and kind and and helpful. So (laughs) that was, you know, I had the same experience with my customs broker for getting my first big shipment of planners in because they were manufactured in China. And I felt the same way. I was so intimidated and was like, I'm going to sound like such a dummy. And they're like, 
this is going to be horrible. And my customs broker is amazing. And she was so kind and so understanding and anything like I didn't know. She's like, well, you know, here's my connection there. Here's what I can do for you. And yeah, it's like, it's so much less scary when you just pick up the phone. Yes. You know, yeah. Get help. Ask the questions you need to ask. And yeah, you can find uh, a friendly voice. Absolutely. I agree. So Brie, I absolutely love your Instagram account for Hope Carried. You've got so many beautiful, you know, just lifestyle photos, photos of your customers wearing their babies. So I would love to hear just more about your Instagram marketing strategy and how are you getting all these gorgeous photos? <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I my Instagram marketing strategy is, it's evolving. I'll say that. But it would it started with you know just like you said posting pictures and a lot of those are customer photos some of them are photo shoots that we've done i found that that was the two things that grew my business the most were one the first was having a professional photo shoot that was just like amazing the picture quality everything you know people were a very visual generation and seeing those beautiful pictures compel people to investigate further and hopefully usually to buy right so having high quality photos was was a game changer for me so I definitely recommend investing in that whether it's and there's a lot of ways to do that if you don't have the money or the time to hire a photographer and rent a space and all that I always think there's a couple ways to do it one you can do it like I did I found a local mom and I was able to pay her part in money and part in baby wraps for all of her future baby showers that she'll ever attend. And I had a friend who had a really beautiful home and she allowed me to come in and take it over and we took, you know, our first photo shoot there. But another way that I think is a great way to also increase exposure and get beautiful photos is if you're a part of like the a Facebook group that deals with small business, whether it's the Brilliant Business Moms Facebook group or whatever, a lot of times I'll notice that people will post things saying, I'm doing this brand shoot and I, you know, if you have something you would like to send and you can send your product and you you don't have the hassle of the actual photo shoot and all the time that that entails and, and organizing models and, and styles and all of that, but you can just send your product and then you get access to those photos and, and that creates a effect of like sharing. So then all the other shops that have also sent their products will tag each other. So when they share the photo, everything that Every other shop that's like a handmade shop will tag, or a small shop, I should say, will tag each other, and it, it increases your exposure to that demographic. Right. Yeah, that's such a great idea. I have to agree with you, Brie. I think getting professional photos of some sort is a game changer for business. I mean, I could not believe, to be honest, how easily all mm -hmm. my planners sold <laughs> this past year. So let's see, 2016 to 17 was my first like real big planner season where I had like the Brilliant Life Planner, which was, you know, not just for business moms, but for like any woman who just wants to manage her time better and live intentionally. And I was so nervous. I was like, this is kind of going outside like my customer base and how's this going to go? But I have to say, I think that because I took the time to do tons of flat lays and use like all these props and get lots of professional photos done, it's like 
they kind of sell the product themselves in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Well, your photos are beautiful and they sell a lifestyle. And that I think that is the key to Instagram or social media marketing is you're sharing a lifestyle and people are able to like connect with that and say like, I want that. I want to be organized and, and do more with my margins. Like I'm going to buy this planner because it's going to help me. Or I want to be thriving in motherhood. And these people in these photos look like they have it together. I'm going to sign up. I w- give me that. <laughs> and then just, I think the other thing about Instagram is connecting and engaging. So not just, not just saying, Oh, here, buy this, buy this, buy this, but you know, sharing, you know, a little bit about, I share a little bit about me and my kids and like our, you know, just like what we're doing, but also just sharing like a combination of, you know, just like baby wearing photos, but also some motherhood and also some, you know, my kids are a little bit bigger. So I share just silly things that we're doing and education. And, and then part of our strategy going forward is to broaden that and, and think to ourselves, like, what does my demographic want? What are they interested in? They're not just interested in baby wearing. They're also interested in healthy lifestyle. Maybe they're, maybe they're having their second or third child and they're thinking about, you know, how to transition, or maybe they're thinking they don't have a child yet and they're pregnant and they're thinking, what type of birth do I want? So we're bringing in doulas or like um, fitness experts and just like bringing that whole kind of thinking it about it like a magazine and a magazine isn't just going to feature one product over and over. They're going to feature things that would encompass that whole lifestyle. And so wanting to post about all of those things. Yeah, I love that. And I think the the best and most successful brands definitely do that. Like you said, it's not, it's not just here's our fabulous product. It's, yeah, it's, we're coming alongside yes. you like in this journey that you're on and yes. yeah, yes. being part of your life essentially. So Brie, I'm curious, do you do any sort of influencer marketing where you will, you know, send a a product to maybe an Instagram influencer for free in in exchange for a great photo or anything of that nature? Yes, absolutely. I love sending things to bloggers and doing like digital influencer collaborations. I specifically will look for, you know, pictures of people who just embody like joyful motherhood and just reach out to them and say, Hey, can I send you a product? And in exchange, will you give me beautiful photos and allow me to post them? Sometimes I'll even go further. Like, could, could you send me photos and just a caption? Tell me like what motherhood's like for you right now, or tell me whatever's on your heart about anything really. I, Cause if they're thinking it, I must think that my demographic is thinking it as well. I like to leave it really open-ended because it could be anything. It, so I'm able to share that, which not only frees me up from thinking about what am I going to post? What am I going to say? <laughs> but it gives me exposure when they post it on their page as well. So with that, I'll say I have learned a couple things. So sometimes people are reaching out to me. Sometimes I'm reaching out to them. It goes both ways. I also sometimes use the app called Collaborate. I don't know if you've heard about that. Mm, no. Okay. So that's a good place to find people who are interested in collaborating. So what it is, is just an app that pairs brands with digital influencers and you can set your search parameters and it will kind of like Instagram has your discover feed. It will put people there that they think you 
could potentially work with. So with that, you're able to show it right there. It'll show you like their follower counts, their different Instagram or different social media profiles, and you can accept it or decline it. And if you accept it, then you go into like negotiations and they'll talk about, you know, what they want, like how much, whether they want compensation and a product or, or if they'll do just a product trade and you can decide what you're comfortable with. I think the idea behind the Collaborate app is that you, it'll keep it all right there for you. I don't find that it, it works super well. So what I like to do is follow it up with email. And what I have learned about digital influencer marketing is that it's really important to be super, super clear about what your expectations are. To not just say, oh, take some cute pictures and send it to me. If you want five pictures and you want them in these different settings or you want a blog post too, you need to say that very clearly. And so what I've done is created a, a contract because I think it just makes it so much easier. So there's no resentments like, well, I, I paid you and sent you this and you didn't return or you didn't do as much as I thought you were going to do. So just being really, really clear about what your expectations are and you know, even even as detailed as I don't want it with other products, you know, I don't want it to be full of other products or I don't want it to be a selfie or or I do or I, you know, who knows, whatever it is you want. But I think sometimes it's really helpful to be super, super clear about all of those things. And then, like I said, following it up with an email and having an actual contract. I've never had to like enforce it, but there have been times where I've said, hey, it's been six months and you know, mm. you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z, and I haven't seen it, you know, that's fine. But as our contract states, then you can, you know, either pay, pay the retail price or return the product unused. Because that just saves everyone. Because there are times where I've sent products, a lot of times before I started using an email or a contract, and I may have never heard from them again. And after a while, that starts to get expensive. And probably it's just because people are busy and these people are also moms and they're working with a lot of shops and they're business owners too. And I know what it's like to be overwhelmed and drop the ball. So it's not to say that they like intentionally took a product and never intended to, to do something with it, but you know, people forget. So I find that that's the best way to just keep everything, you know, so everyone's expectations are clear. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I mean, it's such a bummer if you're sending off free products or, you know, whatever the case is, and then nothing <laughs> happens with it, you know? So yeah, it's important to take your marketing strategy seriously and, you, you know, you're being professional about it and yeah, and sending those friendly reminders. I think that's fabulous. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, I, I have to confess, Brie, I'm like, I found the Collaborate app while we were talking. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Because yeah. we are definitely gearing up for some more influencer marketing for the Brilliant Life Planners this next year. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. So yes, yeah, the Collaborate will be a good app for that. So Brie, I know that you've also had your products featured in Pregnancy and Newborn magazine, which is awesome. Can you tell us how you were able to get that feature? Yeah, so that was super fun. Basically, I just reached out to them and, and emailed them. I had a I have a kind of a stock media press email and they responded back right away and said, we'd love to feature you. So I think that was back in like the May and it, it didn't get featured until the holiday gift guide. And that's sort of how press works, I found out is if you're thinking Christmas, you really need to email today. You know, if you're thinking next fall, 
youth need to email, you know, within a couple months because they do plan this stuff out pretty far in advance. But that was a pretty fun way to just feel super legit. I was like, that's my product. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So any tips on like, what do you say in that email? How do you kind of get noticed? Yeah, so I don't know that I have the perfect formula, but I definitely think that it's useful to kind of share a little bit about who you are, what your product is. For us, we always share our mission and then share what what the benefit is for them. So if it's pregnancy and newborn, you know, why would they want to feature you? And if it's a local newspaper, that's going to be a different reason. And I pitch all over the place. I, I like, I'm like a bad pitcher. I pitch everywhere because I'm, I'm like, I never know who's going to bite. And so, but taking the time to customize that email for why it would specifically, you know, pregnancy and newborn audience would like to see my product or a local news, that would be a different reason, you know? Okay. And do you attach photos to that very first email so they can see your product? Yes, I do. So I usually attach like three or four photos and I've decided to just make it easier. And so I hired a graphic designer and they actually made me like kind of a media one pager and it, it's a beautiful, kind of collage of pictures with text that shares, you know, who I am, what our mission is, what our products are, and why they should talk about us. And it has all the different products, you know, pictured in around it. So I I also attach that. I love that. That's such a great idea. And I love that you said you pitch everywhere because yeah, like you said, I mean, you never know who's going to say yes, and you're going to get more yeses the more you try. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And you never know who's watching those things or listening or reading. So getting your name out in as many different places, I think is really helpful. Definitely. So Brie, I'm also really curious about Etsy versus your own shop, because I know you have both. And so what are, what's traffic and sales like for each of those? Yes. So I love Etsy for a number of reasons. I think it's really personal. I think people engage a lot. Usually when people purchase from me on Etsy, they're communicating with me, they're asking me questions, which I think can set a brand or company apart from just being a business. And it hopefully creates this loyalty where they're going to continue to come back if I've given them really good service, they've gotten to know me a little bit. And like I said, I think Etsy encourages that or Etsy users are more prone to do that. So I do love that about Etsy. And what I also love about Etsy is I don't promote Etsy at all. I don't market Etsy. I don't link anywhere to Etsy, but Etsy stays consistent for me. As soon as I pulled from Etsy, you know, yes, I saw a drop in sales because again, I don't promote to Etsy, but I'm able to maintain a certain level of sales on Etsy doing nothing. So I don't see myself ever closing down my Etsy shop for that reason. But what I like about Shopify or like about having my own website, which I use Shopify to host it, is that it's customizable. For me, I can add all the tutorial videos that I want to and all all those kind of like educational things about the benefits of baby wearing and how to baby wear. And you can't really do that very well on Etsy. It's not super customizable. I can't make it my own. But again, the downside is that I have to think about things like metadata descriptions and, you know, SEO, which you still have to think about on Etsy, but not in the same overwhelming, confusing way that you have to about like an actual website. So, you know, I've learned to code a little bit. I can kind of code my own website 
often Google is amazing, but you know, it, it's given me a new level of education in the business world, but you have to promote your website and you have to find ways to get, get seen and be visible in a very oversaturated, you know, marketplace. Definitely. And I have to agree with kind of your perspective on each. I've got a little Etsy shop that I continue to keep open because it's like, why not? I don't have to spend any time marketing or promoting. I can just get search traffic and, you know, yeah, use the right keywords and people show up in the in the store. But then with Shopify, it's like the sky's the limit. You know, you can customize everything. I've got pixels going. Then I can do promoted pins and Facebook ads and all sorts of good stuff and yeah like you said too I mean you can you can make your shop look however you want it to look and it can be so professional and yeah I'm pretty obsessed with Shopify (laughs) yeah I love Shopify Well, Brie, it has been so much fun chatting with you today. I feel like I could keep going for another hour and just talk business with you, but I know we both have little ones at home and we've been hearing them off and on throughout our our interview. I think we have little ones in both states that are a little restless. So as we wrap up today, we'd love to ask this question to all of our mamapreneurs. Do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you could share? Yes. Gosh, I was trying to think about this ahead of time and it's so hard to pick one, but one that kind of keeps sticking with me is my, my son used to always tell me, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. And then when I grew up, it was, you know, he wanted to be basically, he wanted to be his sister's husband, which I was like, (laughs) well, actually you can't do that, but you guys, they have like such a close relationship. But So for a while now, one day he came to me and said, Mom, when I grow up, I want to work at Hope Carried. And I just thought, that is so cute and a little bit overwhelming because that means I really need to, like, have some longevity and, you know, build a really strong business. But I did think that that was really sweet. He's a – he loves to baby wear and, and like, so he's just real sweet. So I thought that was cute. That is super cute. I love, too, Brie, that you have the little doll – baby wearing yeah. products in your shop that is adorable for yeah so cute I loved them when I brought you know when I had Joe my daughter Holden was just under two and I would I would put a little baby on him and so we would both have our little babies and now all three of us sometimes will well I don't have a baby to wear actually Aww. so I guess it's just the two of them yeah. <laughs> will wear their babies together that's so cute oh I love that yeah Holden says to me all the time too he's like I'm in your business too, mom. Like he just like, he's like, yeah, like I'm already part of it. (laughs) That's how he feels. Like sometimes he'll be like, hey, mom, can we do a video for your business? Or like, can I like, he like knows that because I'll tell him sometimes I'll be like, hey, buddy, I posted, you know, your photo on Instagram or whatever. And people like it so much more than any people love your photo so much more than anything else that I post. Like, and he loves that. And then but then he'll always ask me stuff like, well, how many sales did we get? And I'm like, well, it was just we were just like saying hello or whatever. But he's like already. metric of measurement for that. Yeah. He's like the shrewd businessman already. Like, what's the bottom line, mom? I have to say, I watched that video where he we we have literally Facebook stalked you long before I knew about this podcast we're like 
my whole family is like obsessed with your family. My oh. husband like, loves that Chris is in the military. My mm-hmm. my husband's actually joining the military. But anyways, I'll keep it short. The video where you posted where you set up those like tape lines and he navigated oh, it. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. He's a, he is, his arms are so strong. He's such a little ninja. Yeah. He, his new thing is like, let me do a handstand and see. And, like, he wants us to time him how many seconds he can stay up. Because he can, like, wow. balance up on his hands for – I think his record so far is, like, 16 seconds. Dang. But I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, how do you do that? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Brie, for taking the time to chat with me today. This was fabulous. And I know there are so many moms out there listening who are – pumped up. They're ready to go start that business that has uh, a mission just like yours. Thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure. Before you go, I would love it so much if you would take just a minute to leave Brilliant Business Moms a rating and review. You know, it sounds like a silly thing to ask for, but believe it or not, iTunes really looks at those rating and reviews in terms of where they rank our podcast in search and in different podcast categories. So by simply taking a minute, telling us what you think of the show, it lets other brilliant business moms just like you find our podcast and they get to tune in every week. So you're doing not just us a favor, but you're doing a lot of other fabulous moms just like you a favor too. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.